0: Welcome to series three of the chill podcast. We are chill Callie Heather Lois and Louise and we are excited to share our experiences with you of when we hosted an intergenerational dinner this past summer. So this past June, June of 2023, we invited 40 people to dinner at a beautiful home in Heber, Utah. Thank you, Dina and Brian Merrill, for hosting us. On their beautiful patio, we overlooked a beautiful mountain valley that was surrounded by both the Wasatch and the Uinta Mountain Ranges. And while doing so, our 40 guests entered, introduced themselves, enjoyed hors d'oeuvres and drinks, and then we sat down for dinner. We had six round tables, and each table had a table host to facilitate the conversation, and one representative from each of the six generations. Every table had a Gen Zer, every table had a millennial, a Gen Xer, a baby boomer, and someone from the so-called silent generation, someone seventy-four years or older. But I can tell you, the representative at my table did not agree that her generation was silent. <laughs> or at least that silent did not resonate with her. Anyway, at the table, the conversations focused on very specific questions. The Unique perspectives and experiences that were shared by the individuals at each table inspired intergenerational creativity, and it helped us honor the wisdom of all ages. These people, who in large part had never met each other before, found the structure of the focus conversations facilitated connections in themselves that were so sustaining, as sustaining as the beautiful, delicious meal that they were sharing together. In the following four episodes, we have follow-up conversations with five of our guests who volunteered to join our chill team at the Worthful Media Podcast Studio in Salt Lake City just a few days after our event. We have a great time sharing stories from the event and perspectives and interpretations. And this process of conversation really helps us to process what we experienced and honor what we learned at this beautiful intergenerational dinner. Please enjoy. Dan and Eric, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation about our Generations Over Dinner event that we had just a few nights ago. Uh, please first introduce yourself and what generation you are from
1: Uh,
2: my name is Dan and I'm from baby boomers right in the middle of the baby boomers in a family that included um, before the war basically and and then the baby boomers
3: and I'm Eric and I'm late baby boomer if I understand the period yeah, and my—I mean, there was there was a lot of immigrant part of my family. Mm-hmm. My mother was first generation. I mean, was uh, an immigrant, and my father was born in the U.S., but he had a brother and sister that were not. So there was an immigrant quality to my to my experience. Yeah. Wow.
0: Great so my first prompt and for our audience is to tell us about this dinner event from your perspective give us the story
2: well we were invited to record our impressions somehow on this accordion book that was issued and a pen i did mine with pictures first this is a communication thing two people with an arrow between the the way there was kind of torturous
0: The traffic. Uh, The traffic.
2: (laughs) Narrowed down to one lane through, uh, by Deer Creek Reservoir, is it? Yeah. And then the the house. What a wonderful setting it was. And the safe space. Thanks for creating that. Because owning my generation is kind of threatening at my age. It's like, oh what's next you know but to be at a round table with all the generations including one ahead of me all of a sudden i felt like okay i'm going to be alive for a little longer and my contributions will be valued here so thank
3: you for that
0: you're welcome thanks for coming
3: yeah the traffic was a problem but then also we got a little Went past the turnoff, so that was that was my mistake. But um, it was great, partly because I got to go, but I also got to bring uh, a honorary member member of my family, who's uh, my older son's first roommate, uh, Prasanna, who's mm-hmm. Nepali. So that that was fun also to bring him because I felt like he added a lot as well. That was that wasn't the, uh, a demographic that was represented, you know. There. Right. Um, yeah, and and you know, the youngest generation, which is actually a student of mine at the university, wasn't able to make it. I just we just found out because of some uh, some car trouble, and but I'm hearing, but I was hearing from people how important it was to have that at their table, and so I'm thinking about kind of what I missed. I spent a lot of time with that generation as a, a college educator, and I certainly am noticing. Changes that are happening and there are so many things that are happening. There's the pandemic. There's uh, a lot of things that I think are um, Major pressures that are shaping that generation so so I kind of missed out a little bit because there were some people in generations like one or maybe one above that at our table who were revealing things about you know things that Annoy them sort of in, in not in a bad way about let's say my generation or things like that So so it'll be actually interesting to hear about this because they'll there'll be some things that I can extrapolate I think uh, but there were there were a lot of interesting revelations for me
0: great so if I can just recap you we came to the event, you were given an accordion book to record your thoughts, you were placed at a table with a representative from each generation, but yours was missing the Gen Z, Yeah. but you did have Millennial and Gen X and Baby Boomer, and you were, you have come away um, reflecting on your, owning your own generation, and you are reflecting on this generation that was missing at your table that you spend a lot of time with.
3: Yeah, that's one of, that's because of the conversation that happened right before this, that is something that's, that I'm thinking about. There were plenty of other things too, some of which I'm sure will come yeah.
1: out. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, of course, have no idea where that book is, that little.
0: <laughs> the accordion <laughs> book? Yes. Uh, well, do you remember uh, something that you put inside of it? Of course. Do you want to share?
3: Sure. The first thing, uh, the first prompt was about things that you notice about generational things. And what I wrote down is non intergenerational is the weird thing to me (laughs) and the word intergenerational and probably rightly implies the need to to bridge them right the thing I and the example I gave was my experience was different from most everybody I know except for maybe a few kids in my inner city LA upbringing that I you know encountered and that is that one to two nights a week from as far back as I can remember grandmère was in the bed next to me right that that was that's the way it worked out my grandmother and uh, who only spoke french and so you know i my, i i didn't have the grandparent who brought presents i had the grandparent who kept me in line you know it was it was not like wow you're here grandmere bonjour bonne nuit on va dormir maintenant it's it was like oh, yeah great okay i'm going to bed you know you're there right <laughs> yeah Um, And so and then when she wasn't she was a maid in Bel Air so You know my my experience was very different from just about everybody that I know Both in terms of what the first language was for me, but also just when I see what other grandparents how they relate It's like nah, you know, it was it was just it was just assumed, you know
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Well, yeah, very contrasting experience I remember the first question is what misconception do you have or do people have about your generation? And I remember being labeled the me generation probably before I even went to college myself. But uh, I was thinking about that more. We really had to uh, define ourselves as me because the generation before us had all been about we. We have to come together. We have to unify, get in line, get in uniform for the survival of the country, for the goodness of the world economically. And then I, you know, in my generation, I inherited this prosperity that took away that need for survival. And so it gave time for the individual to be defined, and than me, which I'm really grateful for. My family, I've said before. Um, by the time I came along, it had all been defined. I was my parents' fifth child. They lost the first with cancer, sadly, and then I was. I came along after they'd had three more that were all in line and doing well so there was nothing left to be defined and yet here i was an individual very much different than the rest Mm -hmm. and so um i'm glad for that label now you know it seemed derogatory at the time Mm -hmm. but
0: i know as you say i'm like wait i thought that was millennials (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i was like oh another generation could have experienced something similar to mine Mm -hmm. like sometimes i think millennial is really me centered really individually focused and sometimes i think that's a misconception too so well going a little further was there something that surprised you about the evening
3: yeah well, i mean what what i mean there were a number of things the first thing that comes to mind was actually something callie talked about which was her relationship to a forebear who she hadn't met who hadn't been a lot you know and that was really interesting to r- realize that it's not just the generations that you know that influence you. I understand the the aim of uh, the evening, which was very clear and I thought well thought out about the different. But it goes beyond that, and the stories or knowledge of of other people uh, really and what they did really shapes you. And I guess that. That has to do with narrative and what how important that is, to to our lives and as we try and devise our own narratives, and so that was really interesting because I have similar things. I didn't talk about it very much, but grandparents, uh, you know, or uh, that I know through writings and letters that that I, uh, people I never met and things like that. So that was. That was a, a bit of a revelation for me.
0: Was that something Kelly said at your table? Because she was facilitating yeah. at your table, or uh, was she, it something
3: she, she participated? It was a participatory remark as she was following the prompt uh. like everybody else was, and I, I, I thought that was very interesting. It's true. Um, of course, we should confine it to the generations that were that we spoke about, but that was something that stuck with me.
0: Yeah. So with the accordion books, there was a card. And I know you came a little later, right, so you right. did maybe get a chance to participate in this part. But one of the questions was to tell people just to mingle and get to know people about an ancestor and about oh, I, you know uh, a generation yeah. that wasn't going to be represented at right, the table because right. interesting that that was important to us as um, as planners. So I love yeah. that you captured right that in your
3: yeah things were things were happening fast when I got there
0: yeah. <laughs> We're glad you made it. (laughs) Yeah, so
3: am I. So I was thinking about
2: uh, the generation I didn't know. My grandparents disappeared basically right as the war was starting. I did know my one grandmother who lived until I was 12 years old. But um, their self-sufficiency, being farmers, was disappearing. You know, we we were becoming more industrialized, uh, city oriented. My dad's parents coped by going into debt during the depression,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then they died at at the uh, at the end of the depression, and, and left their children debt. So, you know, there was this struggle. Even in their day, you know, morphine from one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: one uh, culture to another oh and then my mother's father died at age 57 suddenly with a heart attack and he had written in his books that he kept as far as I know I don't owe anything to any man <laughs> and so that was the value you know he, one of the very strong values he left for this family that was suddenly mm-hmm. without him.
3: I feel like I should at least say that, you know, there, there's a f- photos in our living room of you know my father's side of the family before they emigrated from Eastern Hungary. Um, and my grandfather was a, a rabbi, a sort of a lay rabbi. And um, so of course, in that picture, any of the branch of the family that stayed, of course, didn't survive. So, so that is certainly something that is a big part of my origin. And the fact that I grew up in the Fairfax area of L.A., which is sometimes called Little Jerusalem. And certainly, you know, when I went to Cantor's Deli and ordered a, a humantasha, sometimes you know the number would be on the arm as mm. you know, as they handed it to me because there were a lot of immigrants, way more than when I was young, there were a lot of immigrants um, just around. Wow.
0: You both have unique experiences interacting with multiple generations through your lifetime. We created this event um, following a model, Generations Over Dinner. It's like a national organization and mm-hmm. they, they have these prompts and they mm-hmm. have a guide to help you with the dinner. And you know, I think I can speak for all of us to say it was a lovely event. But how else, given your background and experience, can you conceive of helping generations connect across the lifespan?
2: Well, I think you've already brought, well, I guess you brought it up, that um, they mean less to me. Like you and I talked that night, we didn't think about bridging a generation when we met because... We understand it we're kindred spirits yes, yes um and that's anne of green gables someone reminded yes, me this. It is. Uh, that a lot of times our life experience isn't as important as who we were born to be and or what persona we have what what we're uh sensitized to so In some ways, I say stand back and let it happen. Let that connection happen and don't necessarily put us in time periods.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. The generational gap for We've always been friends from the beginning, and it was never a generational thing. As much as I love connecting with generations, I just really wanted to connect with you, Dan. You sang at church. You opened your mouth. It was so beautiful. I'm like, I have to know him.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Oh, tell about that experience it was during the pandemic right
0: yeah yeah we moved in the pandemic we came to a new church congregation we were lost we couldn't find the right church (laughs) even though they're very closely by the house and um yeah came to church and you played the piano because we couldn't sing all together hymns together because of the pandemic so you sang the hymn at the grand piano and then i had my toddler and this little girl from, I don't know which African country or culture, but from definitely immigrant refugee came in and sat with my baby and they became good friends. And I just like there, I just felt at home. I was like, Oh, I really like being here. And yeah, you were one of those first. It's cause we're kindred spirits that just oh. resonated energetically for me. Well,
2: so. oh, thanks for filling in that story.
0: I don't know if that's the one you were asking for, but it's the it one is, that was in my mind. Right.
2: <laughs> we were in a, this pandemic era with those restrictions. But,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
2: but on the other hand, I really value the, the different connections that connect me to other time periods. And it was so nice to have each one of the generations after me identified. Mm-hmm to give me more clarity
3: on uh, how you see yourselves I'll be interested to hear what you know you felt about the youngest generation what they Contributed, but um, but i'm sure we're going to get to that. Yeah, do you want to? Well, what I what I wanted to say just to follow up on Dan's comments Well, one of the things that made me do and now we're going to get to the The thing that I said that resonated with Callie. We've already talked about the thing she said that resonated with me, I started to think, okay, let me just think about the relationships I have with various ages. So, Prasanna was one who I brought, who's my older son's generation, who is, he's not only Walker's friend and a a member of our family, he and I just go backpacking separately just he'll come so I'm his we're friends too so I'm thinking about that person and and other people that have that I've kept relationships with uh, who have graduated or people who are older than me another another sort of dance at least within the field icon of Utah who is a uh, uh, Greg Lisenberry who's a very very dear friend and I started thinking and honestly what I came up with was the thing that I think we use one of the things that happens besides honesty and caring for each other is smack talk I didn't use the word smack I used a different word Um, but in that sense there isn't a difference I I agree that there are differences but in that in terms of the interaction it's the same thing about you know somebody well enough to know the things that you should joke about and the things you shouldn't joke about the places it's, it's a way of both it's it's a weird way of complimenting somebody while you mess with them
1: mm-hmm.
3: Because I know you I know these things and you know those other things So so I thought that there are modes that circumvent those differences, but I am but having said that Why I want to hear about it is because I am noticing differences more now Than I had before and I and I wonder about that is it you know and it has to be it can't be one thing, it has to be many things. And... Um,
0: what differences though are you noticing?
3: Well, I think there's a lot of pressures on the youngest generation, you know, college age, um, because as Dan pointed out, we had a certain access to things. To, you know, there was an, a... Um, things were getting better always in terms of economics and, and that's simply not the case. And then there are also all the other areas of degradation that they have to deal with. And they probably feel that it's partly our response where we blew it. But it, that's leading to a sort of surety about things that I don't think is quite accurate.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah. read millennials often say, you know, that they can blame older generations yeah. because this is now the economic situation that we're yeah. in. yeah but then I can also read policy work or research reports on how millennials are really not economically that far away from their parents.
3: Right. and the, right. So
0: there is, there's lots of information right. to um, right. sift through when looking at these differences. And
3: there's a feeling, and maybe I just don't, I don't know if I didn't notice it, because I've been teaching here for 30 years. Did I not notice it or is it a change? Mm. You decide. Mm. Um, But I almost feel like because of the need because there are a lot of problems They're grasping at saying I know what a solution will be But I feel like that's causing a narrowness rather than let me see what's around me more And I I don't mean any offense and I by no means do I think that that is ubiquitous Mm -hmm. It it just seems to be a vein that I'm seeing Mm. You were gonna say something (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, I was always going to say something, but I had
3: a, a four-minute sentence there that I had to get out.
2: <laughs> well, I think you've covered that that generation. I mean, unless you want to bring up something else,
0: I'll share my experience at my table. Oh yeah, I facilitated, yeah. and you know, you and I'm going to go back to what you said just in your prior comment about we're kindred spirits. It's less about like connecting across the generations, but we have connected across the generations because we were born at different times. At my table, there was a lot of generational identity confusion, right? Like I had intended one of our guests at the table to represent Gen X. And they're like, oh, no, I'm millennial. (laughs) And um, then we had another guest who was Gen X. And she's like, but I don't know what that means. So sure, (laughs) I can speak to my life experience. But there, there just wasn't. And then... I'm a millennial, one of my best friends was sitting next to me, also a millennial. We shared very different identities in regards to being a millennial. Um, I think because we uh, attuned to different misconceptions that were maybe more individual than just like a generational.
3: Could I say one thing? Yeah. um, And that is, and I also, I, I feel like, especially when you're in an immigrant family, it's a different, you're at a different place in the cycle. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it's it, it, you know your that generation puts you in a in a different position in general, mm-hmm. and so you're at a different place. So it's almost like there are the generations, but there's a natural cycle about, oh, you know, I, I, I all I want is this. So, for example, my father, he was from the generation. He enlisted in World War II, even though he was exempted because his father died when his father was 58 and he was you know 19 but after he was reading you know what was being written on page 13 famously in the new york times about what was really happening in the camps he was like i, I you know i'm i mean i don't really care what happens but his identity was to be an american right and so I, the 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 pressures are so different and i and i i i guess there i'm in a way I'm blessed that I got to see both Sides lots of the immigrant families around us, but then of course the you know the older families So I think that's one of the confusing things as well And I think even though I didn't know it I'm realizing that some of that is based on my my thinking about "Ah, am I am a boomer am I not just because I It was such a the stories that were being handed from my mother You know about her father being gassed at Verdun in World War one all of this. It's very 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 different, Mm
0: -hmm. you know Yeah, um, in generational research, they talk about, you know, we have these cohorts of groups, and we give them labels. And there's lots of discussion about whether the label is good or not. My grandma in particular at my table really didn't like being called the silent generation. She's like, I'm not silent. Thank you. (laughs) She didn't understand that. And we had to look it up. But there's There's your time in life, right? I often speak about, well, I'm a 30-something, not a millennial, but I'm in my 30s. So I live in a certain type of body. I'm having children. I'm having certain life experiences that any adult older than me could have also experienced those pressures just from being my age, not necessarily a millennial. And then also life circumstance, societal and cultural influences, and those things also play into how the generations sort of how we experience the lifespan, aging across the lifespan. But that generational cohorts are kind of just one of the ways we've come to decide right. to talk about
3: and groups I, of people. And I see it so differently in college students if they're from immigrant families or not. Mm-hmm. The And I've done some research by actually creating some performances about that. Not only is it totally different, but those immigrants are so different from the immigrants that I... It's like a whole different entirely different viewpoint and that's where I was biased I just figured you're immigrants mm, no very very different no um I know you're the
2: leader but there's a topic that I wanted to cover divorce has became much more common in my generation uh, because of the economic changes it's still I mean it's it's an incredible stress to think of surviving on your own right even if mm-hmm. if it's a time of prosperity but i think part of why it became more common is because the you know the survival was no longer threatened as much with the war over with the, with the depression over but i saw in my own siblings i have two younger siblings who were divorced early in their marriages and my, my wife had a, a younger sibling divorce also. And then when she and I divorced at 22 years, we thought, why should we make war with each other? Why should we make this worse than it actually is? It feels like the world is coming to an end and you want to thrash mm-hmm. at the closest person. But uh, we had our children to consider and there there was another way to divorce and we made peace with each other Mm -hmm. and um do you have any comments
1: um Mm.
0: I, i i definitely see the trend from what i've studied i mean i've only lived about 30 years so i can't say i've studied the trends as much but um yeah the The way that we are in relationship to each other, whether that's in marriages, how our families look, these things have changed and evolved. And um, whether it's generational, whether it's time period, whether it's age group, you know, where you are in the lifespan. I know we're having children later, you know, so I used to think, you know, I would be having children in my twenties and now I'm having children in my thirties. And that's different than what I expected expectations for generations I think is important because my parents expected to follow a path like their parents It's I what I gathered like when my parents talked about the choices they made to buy a home to have children to get married the their career choices it was like very certain like I'm following this path but when I got to that stage of a young adulthood I was like mom dad I don't I don't think this is the only path and actually I don't know what it is and it doesn't feel very sure and so my expectations really, really shifted from what I thought maybe theirs were at my age. And I think that that's happened certainly with families and our perspectives on divorce as well.
3: I'd be interested to hear a few takeaways regarding the youngest generation at your table mm. since I didn't have, we didn't have that at our table.
0: I had a lovely Generation Z gal at my table Georgia who crocheted her sweater it was so beautiful Mm. and she had a unique intergenerational experience already in her life where when she graduated from high school she went and lived with her 80 year old grandmother Mm -hmm. and there was comments at our table about how millennials like myself were told you can do anything you, the world is your oyster, you can go down any path. And we almost maybe as a generational cohort got anxious about that and try to do all the paths Mm -hmm. and and feel like, oh, well, if if we're not making it look like the world's our oyster, then we're not doing it right. Mm -hmm. And Gen Z is like, chill, like they see the paths, but they're like not as anxious, high-strung or ambitious about it. So she said, my parents taught me, graduate from high school, go to college, get a job, maybe go to more college. Like it was a very clear path that all the children were taught. And when she graduated high school and realized she did not wanna do the path, that was hard. She said there there was generational and, and generational parent, I mean, parent tension with children. I mean, sure. I think that's a given sure. in any family situation. But she decided, and I think she was speaking sort of from maybe a generational standpoint, I wanted to know who I am first before I followed this path I had been taught, which is why she went and lived at her grandma's and she didn't go to college. She says, working at So Delicious, the drink shop is my alma mater, is what she said. (laughs) She said, I learned to talk on the phone to address people to speak with adults, to speak with children. And now she's working at an autism clinic and working with children and parents. And she said, I attribute it all to living with my grandma and working at the soda shop.
3: Before you say, I just, before, I want to hear what you have to say there. Are you a first generation college student? Did your parents attend college? Uh, I'm not first
2: generation. My grandmother got a bachelor's degree. Oh,
3: okay. And I'm first generation college student, so. So all of those boxes that I didn't even realize about, you know, first language, a different language, you know, all of those, yeah. So anyway, go ahead. You were going to talk about your...
2: Well, I wanted to say in regard to not going to college, uh, way back when I was in college, one of the administrators came and spoke to a lunch caucus or something. He said, I think we push college on kids too young he said learn a trade instead of saying what do you want to be when you grow up when you this is
0: when you were going to college
2: yes and we should have followed him right because college is such a, an expensive well if you go to a university and it's an industry you know why buy into the industry when you can have the experience that's so delicious mm-hmm. or um he said a trade school, oh, I, I did tell one story, that, and it's in regard to theater. So when I was six years old, my sister was a sophomore in high school, and she took me to the King and I at the high school. And she talked the ushers into letting me sit on the, corner, on the edge of her seat so she didn't have to buy me a ticket. And... I watched The King and I when I was six years old, and at the end, the, the king dies, and the music swells, and the prince comes forward, and the lights come up, and I realized I'd forgotten where I was. And when I wrote this story years later on a resume, I, I wrote, I knew what I wanted to do. So there I was, six years old, I knew what I wanted to do. And then for the rest of my growing up years, I was asked, what do you want to do? And I didn't dare say mm-hmm. theater. So uh, trying to find something else. And if I did say theater, oh, well, that's, that's a hobby, not a career. And so what I just said contradicted what? This administrator said about going to a trade school first, because maybe I could have focused, although as an actor, it's often good to wait a few years and because you you know more who you are and you can uh, use that in your craft mm-hmm. so
0: yeah maybe uh, we, we don't
2: need to be in such a big hurry,
0: right, and maybe we do i don't know I don't have any information to back this up, but maybe we do have more Gen Z younger generations taking gap years and taking time to figure out what they want to do or working up the courage to say what they want to do because we have societal expectations or family relationships that make us feel constrained. Well, we are at the end of our conversation. So is there anything else you would like to say before we close?
3: Thank you for putting it together. It was, it was an interesting experience. And as as I said, it was great to bring a a friend who Mm -hmm. was much younger.
0: Thank you for bringing him. Sure. He added a lot to our, to our group.
3: I'm I'm sure.
2: Yes. Thank you.
0: In a world full of complex challenges, we need more open-hearted opportunities to express ourselves. In a world full of heated debate, we need more open-minded opportunities to listen to each other.
3: In a world full of fear and anxiety, we need more chances to chill and turn toward one another.
0: Join us as we host conversations with educators, artists, activists, community members, and youth to surface the intergenerational wisdom we need to understand, adapt to, and solve the urgent issues facing humanity.